Here we are caught in the middle of the unpleasantness and to, to lift your spirits, to give you something else to do, Cood Street Street is spending 10 minutes with people we know. And today, Gary Wolf and I are joined by the fabulous Alex E. Harrow to talk about what she's been reading and how her life is. How are you, Alex? I'm actually pretty lovely, given the unpleasantness, as you say. Um, and I, I do spend a lot of my life waiting for unsuspecting people to say, oh, have you read anything lately? What have you been reading? And just sort of pounce on them. <laughs> so I take it then you're prepared. I'm so ready. I have index cards. Okay. So. <laughs> That's fabulous. I love index cards. That's great. So, Alex, tell us, what have you been reading? Okay, so what I just finished was Bone Shard Daughter by Andrea Stewart, which is the first of Orbit's new big epic fantasy trilogy that's coming out this September. Um, and it was so pleasant and great. It was sort of like it had that like 90s epic fantasy feeling, like a Robin Hobb like lots of different point of view characters, weird, cool magic, but everyone was nice and good and doing their best <laughs> in a difficult world. And I found that so wholesome and I needed it so bad. And then some, someone even acquires like a talking magic animal companion. And I was like, I'm home. This is so nice. Great. Uh, so I super recommend that in September. But what I'm reading right now, and I'm not done with, is Susanna Clark's new book. <gasps> I know, I'm so excited. The entirety of becoming a published author was a long con to get this book. <laughs> Slightly. <laughs> um, it's it, the one called Piranesi. Yes, exactly. Piranesi. And it is so profoundly different than Jonathan Strange. I knew it was. Uh, mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um, and weird. And I feel like anything I would say about it would be a spoiler. But the book that it reminds me most of is actually House of Leaves. Daniel Lewski. Yeah, it's it's like found document, strange and very much about like spatial weirdness. So the whole thing takes place in a gigantic house that is the entirety of the world. One thing I've wanted to know since I saw the announcement is, does the artist Piranesi figure into it at all? The main character's name is Piranesi. Oh, but okay. you have the feeling that in itself a joke. Like, I think I think that someone else calls him that because he's stuck in a vast labyrinth. Okay. I don't think that the actual Italian artist is going to come into it. That's my feeling. But also, she could go a lot of directions. Yeah. So how far through Piranesi are you at the moment? Like three quarters through, and it's failing to suck. Uh, oh no! It's it's. I know that people are going to bounce off of it because it's it's a lot less. It's a lot more opaque. There's many more unanswered questions. And Jonathan Strange and Mister Norrell worked on these like such well known mythologies. Yeah. Like we all know about Fairyland, and we mm -hmm. all know even like the feeling of a Regency story like all these things were familiar elements put together in these different ways and there's very few familiar elements in this one so mm. i think it's it's a more like i don't know 201 level sci-fi and fantasy thing to get into but i'm really enjoying it okay so we're, if you're stuck inside and by some miracle unlike every person we know don't have thirty-two thousand books in a pile going at last i have time what would you recommend people read at the moment 
So like we were saying, there's sort of two different ways that people are experiencing this whole self-isolation thing. And one is, oh my gosh, I have so much more time alone than I've ever had before. And I could do something ambitious. And if you are that person, then obviously you should read Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell, which is an 800-page book with footnotes. And it might have been intimidating before now, which I understand. Or something like the Broken Earth trilogy, because I, I feel like I'm sure everyone who listens to this has heard of that. And I also know some people who started the first book and bounced off of it because it's one of those secondary world things mm. that just throws you in the deep end. You know, you instantly have like origins who can control stone and like competing failing empires, like all this stuff going on. And, and I just feel like they are a trilogy that demands your attention. And if you have the time to give them, I, th- I think they're amazing and fantastic, obviously. But then if you're the second kind of person, like me, who has toddlers all the time and is still trying to work and doesn't have like a ton of extra brain space to do something ambitious. I recently read romance novels for the first time and they're great. (laughs) They're fantastic. I don't know what I've been doing my entire life, but I started with Courtney Milan's Brothers Sinister series and I didn't know that romance novels were now like also feminist fantasies. I, I just didn't understand a lot. But, like, one of the plots of The Brother Sinister is, is like, a lady scientist who can't publish her own work. And her romantic interest is the man she hires to publish her work under his name. And so it's, like, this Lady Darwin fantasy. And I, it's just everything I need. It's wonderful. <laughs> this is exactly the fluffy content that is made for dark times. So that's what I recommend. Okay. If you don't have extra brain span right now, <laughs> <laughs> or time. I've I've always wondered about it, about her novels because she is probably more widely known now for being the person who more or less is disassembled the RWA, or it was disassembled over. Yeah, no, I, I that's how I found her too, um, and I just I liked her opinions, and I mm-hmm. had such a good time reading her books. Great to hear. And I guess the final question that we're asking is. So what what do you have out? What are you working on? What are you willing to talk about about Alexi Harrow? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the uh, I have the Once in Future Witches coming out in October. Uh, same assumptions <laughs> in play. Uh, and that one, the pitch for that one is just suffragettes, but witches, which I think summarizes it pretty good. Uh, and the thing that I'm really excited about, I think you know something about, Jonathan, <laughs> is a forthcoming novella from Tor.com that is that is uh, Sleeping Beauty, but the multiverse. So, like, as if multiple Sleeping Beauties had their storylines cross and they all crash <laughs> together and try to get out of their terrible, terrible fairy tale. And it's very fun. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wait to read it. I mean, I can't wait to read your second novel either. I'm really, really excited about that. And I'm sure by October, we'll have at least worked how to get worked out how to get books to people so that it will still be a thing. I mean, I don't know whether people will be doing mammoth book tours. And I hope you don't have what happened to you happened to uh, Emily Sinjin Mandor, where she ended up in a warehouse signing 9,000 books. That looked... <laughs> That looked cruel. Well, I wouldn't mind having 9,000 books to sign. That seems like a positive sign overall. That does seem pretty miserable. <laughs> Doing it all at once, yeah. 
yeah. need a new hand. You genuinely need a new hand. Um, and then, yes, I mean, I guess we should tell listeners that uh, the novella is probably sort of middle of next year is when they will see it. They won't see it this year. So we'll pace ourselves. Mm. Uh, and then you know, sort of, and you must also be thinking, although it's very, very early days, about your next novel as well. I mean, that being the the cycle of the universe. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I just turned in a synopsis to my editor, and she likes it. And so we, I can't, I don't know that I can say much about it, but I'm really, really excited. And I think what's interesting to me is, I early on when I was writing, it was like, I won't set everything I write in Kentucky. I'm not gonna be like stinking in me you know and then like each thing i write gets a little bit more kentucky <laughs> <laughs> so this is the most kentucky so far so what you're saying kentucky is that needs, the, sorry, sorry. kentucky needs all the good fantasy it can get to make up for mitch mcconnell <laughs> uh, and Rand paul both of them <laughs> okay That's exactly yeah so, so what you're saying is if, if we do like a if we do like a kentucky fantasy noir anthology you're in yeah, also, Gwenda Bond and Chris Rowe are just up the road. Chris Rowe, yeah, he's, 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 not, he's got his old Kentucky thing going, too. I know. Mm-hmm. In fact, you know, sort of talk about Tor.com novellas, that's something that I'm reading right now, a new story by him. So uh-huh. Uh-huh. lots of interesting things out there in the world. But for the moment and for, the, for this short podcast, we might wind up and just say, thank you very much, Alex, for making the time to talk, because we really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. And we're out.